0: On our previous episode, we spoke about the buy now, pay later industry and the players that rode the pandemic to all-time highs. so-called
1: buy now, pay later space like Affirm and Klarna and others is also booming, but it could be a dangerous place for people taking on debt. And in April, 42% of buy now, pay later users admitted they'd paid late on one of those loans.
0: But what we didn't talk about was the chaos that ensued post-COVID.
1: A firm is cutting 19% of its workforce.
0: A firm's stock is down 90% since November 2021. Afterpay, 80% down. Klarna, 70% down. So what's behind this turbulence?
1: Yeah, I mean, buy now, pay later, to my mind, is financial dynamite. Buy
0: now, pay later companies, like Affirm, shares are moving down after the U.S. Consumer Financial Protection Bureau announced plans to begin regulating businesses like Affirm, Block, or Afterpay, which is owned by Block, PayPal, Klarna, due to worries that the buy now, pay later products are harming consumers. There's rising interest rates, inflation concerns, and even worries about consumer debt have left investors scratching their heads. The number one factor for consumer stress that we're seeing is really things have cost more than I expected them to. Things like gas, things like food, especially if you're feeding a large family, those expenses. Are but don't worry, we at Things Have Changed are here to make sense of it all. 24 billion dollars was loaned out in 2021 through these
1: types of companies and so we are seeing uh, them decline.
0: So in this episode, we'll explore the challenges facing the BNPL industry and how it's adapting to the economic storm. That said, a firm isn't giving credit as freely as it did a couple years ago. We'll also discuss the importance of responsible spending and share some tips to ensure you're making informed decisions when using buy-now-pay-later services. Well, we want to ensure that while there is competition and while there is innovation, that the harmful effects of poor marketing practices and poor lending practices don't impact, particularly on vulnerable communities.
1: If you had known how important the technology economy was 20 years ago, would you have done things differently? The internet, cell phones, the cloud... Data. Things have changed. We're here to talk about it.
0: Hi, I'm Jed. Hi, I'm Shikhar. Welcome to Things Have Changed, your new economics and technology podcast. Important announcement. If you're part of any company, any public company right now, and you want your stock to like double the next day, just scream AI like hundred times on any call on CNBC, and that's how you get it.
1: It's the new thing, dude. It's the new flame. It's the new way. It gets people going. Yeah. <laughs> it's provocative. Jim Cramer hears about it. If he hears you say AI, buy, 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 dude.
0: Buy, buy, buy. You know what's not buy, buy, buy right now, though? BNPL man, if wow. AI is trending in one direction, BNPL companies are going the other. It's it's Whoa, kind a of
1: great segue, dude.
0: Great segue. I, I was <laughs> I was just making it up as I was going. You know, your firms, your Klarna, Square buying Afterpay. It was just the hottest thing in in tech after blockchain, right? And it's gone <laughs> it's the a big way thing to
1: say. It's a big thing to say. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really got hammered. I mean, all those companies that I mentioned are down like 70 to 80% since the pandemic. So, like, since 2022, right? 75, 80% drawdowns
1: are staggering. But, like, you can't really ignore, you know, how they all rose so quickly during the pandemic. You know, like this fall from grace is because they were just experiencing a shit ton of growth um, in 2020 when the pandemic hit. And just to give you a little background on that, if you didn't remember, we started buying a ton more stuff online. You start ordering on Amazon like crazy. You start buying more products. Um, companies like Affirm, Afterpay Ban Klarna, you know, the BNPL industry enjoyed a great lift, you know, up because during this time when we are going to e-commerce also, um, the trend of BNPL as a form of payment was just, you know, destroying roofs all over the place. So that's why like looking at these huge declines in the recent quarter seems a little more believable because of that insane growth. Maybe things are just getting back to valuation. Right. But you know, why, why are these things happening in, in the current quarter? I mean, We've blamed this shit for the past two years <laughs> when it started happening post-pandemic, um, when rates were rising. Yep, right. J-Pow. Crazy, crazy time. We we lightly spoke about its effects at traditional financial institutions who, you know, make money off of these margins from the federal funds rate. Right, and the interesting thing about how these the rise in the interest rates are affecting the BNPL industry is because of the structure of business, dude. It's just the way, the way they, they run their loans, right? They are not inherently a capital intensive company, right? They don't have a lot of cash to put down on these actual loans that they're making to these customers. Because if you remember, we explained in the previous episode um, how these BNPL companies work. They pay the merchants that they work with ahead of time, right? So where do they get all this money? They themselves have to borrow. As well,
0: oh, So, okay, I, I get it now. They are borrowing themselves and then lending. So if then your interest rates increase, they are borrowing at a higher rate and they have to still somehow lend them. Right? So yeah, they're probably getting squeezed on both sides because consumers are not spending as much and rates are higher. So they're borrowing at higher rates and lending it to fewer customers. Jeez
1: crazy stuff happening in the industry right now. Like any, you know, corporation that borrows a ton of money, when the rates rise, you just have problems on that front as well on financing your business. So, you know, for these BNPL lenders, getting that squeeze for them is enough for the slowdown that's happening right now in the markets. And it's kind of like, for me, it's been a good enough explanation of why this industry is experiencing some, some downfalls. But that's not the only thing that's going on in this industry. I mean, if you're paying attention, paying attention to like fintech kind of stuff and regulation, um, that's one thing again that's hitting this space so hard, dude. Because regulators are starting to go, hold on. Just like um, how they had to regulate these financial um, financial companies, you know, at a post two thousand eight world, this is again a new product that's getting a lot of traction that's hitting a lot of consumers' pockets, right? So the government gets involved naturally. And I feel like that's another reason of why we're seeing kind of a slowdown in this space because we have an increase of interest from the government to regulate this industry.
0: Everyone was able to use this method to pay for certain items, high cost items, expensive items. And ultimately, when you look at it, this business can be quite risky in the sense, risky lending or providing risky loans, right? When you when you break it down to what's actually the core of this business. So it's no wonder that, you know, there's they've seen some regulatory scrutiny because in many ways, there's a risk of overspending here. And also they target consumers because yeah, th- that's how they increase the revenue that they generate.
1: Yeah, I know. And these... Examples that are coming out today are what's causing the players in the space to go. Hold on, <laughs> we got to relook at the way we're actually approving customers. We got to relook at the risk profiles. Um, you know, it's it's a chance to rethink how they do business. Um, and one of the things that was interesting, at least when we both did this process of like, we both, me and shikar both have experienced BNPL schemes, right? We've used it for one reason or the other. And one of the things that come along with this is that. Um, you don't realize that if you don't clear the payments, there is a risk to the consumer, right? You, irresponsible spending is what we called it in in the first episode. And um, this is kind of the risk that regulators are out there to try to protect you from. Just like how they try to protect you from banks, right? Having um, your deposits in place and having insurance for that kind of thing. This is what's going to happen in, in the next few years, I believe. They're going to target like, responsibility in the space for companies to step up and um, maybe do some credit checks. When we did those things, we didn't have credit checks, right? Yeah. So it's, it's a super quick process, dude. And that maybe is, you know, what's going to end up being such a high risk for regulators to try to remediate.
0: Yeah. And the issue here is there also, there were cases of them targeting vulnerable consumers, right? With poor credit scores. So what happens now is, you know, lending is easy. You can give money to whoever you want, you know, to buy whatever product they want. It's the recovery. How are you going to get the money back? And if the consumer defaults or those loans default, now you are in big trouble, right? Your uh, the, the company, the BNPL company is liable. Um, and they would have to bear a big part of the loss in that case. So I think all these factors are working towards the market looking at these companies differently now? High interest rates, consumers not spending as much or default on the loans that you yeah. get them?
1: you know, it's interesting. When I was looking into um, the numbers of what kind of payment methods were folks using to pay off BNPL, <clears throat> I noticed that a large majority of folks are using their debit cards for BNPL instead of like credit that is a little more accessible. So there was this kind of shift as well, for, which I didn't know before I started reading about this um, episode. There was a shift during the pandemic of folks using more of their debit cards than their credit cards as well. So there was kind of this like shift from credit to debit. And BNPL is kind of in that space of using your debit card for these kind of payments, right? For folks who who um, aren't too... Uh, willing to sign up for a new credit card or have access to like a, a, a range of credit products, debit might be the way to go. That's the easiest to set up, right? And that's kind of what's risky about BNPL as well is that's what they rely on is that that debit pile of folks. And, you know, typically these folks are are having trouble paying for other things, you know? So it's already inherently risky profile of the folks that are in there. And there does need to be some protection here For um, people who are just signing up, pressing buttons, dude, it's way too easy right
0: now. That's the world we live in, you know, consumerism is everywhere. But what should these BNPL companies do? Because it seems like they're under everything. There seems to be a good business here.
1: When we were watching like a lot of videos on the CEOs and what they have to say about the industry after these like downfalls, they, a lot of them are on the news lately after pay CEO firm CEO. Um, And what they're preaching is like, you know, how do they survive this environment right now? And what they're preaching is like really strong partnerships with merchants, like the merchants that you work with right now, typically BNPL will know a lot more about their customers um than traditional credit companies for example your credit card doesn't know exactly what the sku code is of what you bought right it just knows Mm -hmm. that you bought x amount of thing for x amount of dollars um in x place but bnpl companies do they have so much more data you know the merchants are trusting the bnpl companies with this kind of data of like you know we got the idea of the type of purchase you made they actually have the ability to to um market you something that is is specific to your taste dude that's how much data they're getting in the BNPL space so strong partnerships with the merchants over there will lead to continued success you know for example um, a firm signed up with with Amazon quite recently right like that's a huge headstone Amazon customers are sticky AF okay <laughs> they sign up for this really expensive yeah. program to be on and, and purchase thousands of dollars a year so that's one thing like really strong partnership with merchants um, and then I think what have made a firm so successful, just in my view, is that, dude, UI was great, bro. Like when I was buying these things, making that decision with um, the purple bed, my god, it was easy. It's one of the yeah. options that came up for me of how to pay, and it, it said, "Look, no interest a rate, bro. Click <laughs> of a
0: button." I'm not even yeah. like exaggerating. It was a click of a button, and so quick. You were financing it over a few
1: months. Yeah, no, that's that's what I'm saying is like having that is amazing because, again, that lends itself to the strong partnership with your merchants. If you have that clean integration, it's going to be ultimately easier for you to get those customers. I've There's two scenarios that I've, I've seen in this, bro. One is a link that would take you through um, learning about the whole BNPL um, transaction. And there's a case where I see it written in Apple Pay, a firm, and, you know, it's just cleanly integrated. I think that's the best way to go. I think that's the best way to go. But yeah, I think those are two things I I feel like the big guys are doing to stay afloat.
0: I'll take the example of the regional banks fallout that we're seeing over the last few days. We covered it in our previous episode Um, a couple of weeks ago, where we broke into how JP Morgan, the biggest bank in the land, is getting bigger, right? And maybe we don't need that many regional banks there are like six thousand regional banks in the u s similarly I'm thinking, do we really need four sixty billion dollar companies in this space if it's a feature you know and that's what we're seeing like apple's come in, and now if you have an apple saving savings account or apple card, you get bNPl on apple and it is such an interesting business model because Apple has made itself into like a luxury tech brand that everyone aspires to have, right? You aspire to have a $1,000 MacBook or a $1,000 cell phone. <laughs> it's wild. The cell phone it's and craziness. the MacBook it's are the, the same, same price. Wow. <laughs> they know a lot about the consumer and are able to maybe use that knowledge, that data, that insight in the back end to lend with low risk of default because Apple just caters to that set of customers. If
1: you're willing to spend a grand on a phone.
0: And so it could just be a feature in Apple's suite of financial products. And we did speak about Apple too in the episode, in the episode just a few weeks ago. Another way uh, that I'm thinking this, this, um, this industry unfolds is maybe they stop lending to everyone. Right, And they start becoming picky, because I read some articles where you have these big customers now pulling back. They're like, "Maybe you don't need this product, maybe you don't need the fourth sneaker, maybe you don't need the fourth uh, third Gucci bag you ordered in the past year, right? So some really interesting um observations uh where they have BNPL providers have actually had to slow down lending. Uh, and yes that's that's hitting their um growth targets yeah but it's better to implement those tougher credit requirements because then okay you're not going to be targeted as much by by regulation right and also you kind of firm up your balance sheet uh to last this this storm
1: yeah interesting dude it's an interesting development in, in that space and you know as we're talking about like apple coming into this space i read a lot about what the other um, ceos if, if the other ceos were afraid that apple would take up a significant market share and an interesting answer from from afterpay ceo and affirm ceos that they believe apple is just a on a completely different customer base than these other folks who are buying furniture and whatnot, because they have such, again, we, we just mentioned how like luxury product Apple is right now. So they feel like they're not competing in that space, but you know what, when this regulation starts coming down and these companies are going to have to spend a lot of resources and, 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 money on improving their processes and adding more bells and whistles into their product. I think companies like Apple are a good position to withstand all of this scrutiny. You know, they're used to this kind of stuff already. Tech is used to getting regulated at this point, right? Always top news, getting fines left and right, right? So companies like Apple and, and PayPal who are who are really large customer bases are in a good position to, to do really well in this space and maybe take that concept that had come from this buy now, pay later scheme and just, freaking universalize it. So it'll be interesting what happens and who comes onto it, honestly. That wraps up our episode of Things Have Changed podcast. Um, We really hope you enjoyed our exploration into the BNPL space. You know, we learned a lot during this episode, um, and we hope that you got valuable insights um, along the way. As the BNPL landscape kind of evolves... It's crucial to stay informed about, you know, how these products actually work. What are the terms and conditions of what you're signing up for? Know how much you have to pay if you miss a payment. You, you have to know what happens to you if you don't get to fulfill um, what these companies are asking you to do, you know? So stay informed, read up on these kind of things. Really appreciate you for, for joining us on, on this ride and tune in next time as we talk more about the fintech space. Um, As always here at Things Have Changed Podcast, stay curious.